You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. There are certain happenings in this world that are not easily explained. Sightings, feelings, and energies associated with something from beyond. These experiences have been associated with a number of ideas put forth in the world of paranormal investigation. Some people believe that there may be energies returning after death. Or perhaps a disembodied soul stuck between our world and the afterlife. Others encounter things that are much more visceral. Poltergeists, elementals, other entities from beyond. This week, we peer through the veil to glimpse something that few can say they have been able to experience in their lifetime. Awareness of a realm which many have closed their minds to. The realm of the afterlife, and those caught in between. But not just awareness, compassion and understanding when considering the possible presence of spiritual entities interacting with us in unpredictable and indecipherable ways. But is it possible for us to peel back the layers, the rigid trappings of fear and ignorance? Our guest tonight believes so, and has engaged in the work of not just ghost investigations, but that of spirit rescue offering a unique perspective in an industry dominated by cheap scares and made-for-TV horror ghost crews. There are, indeed, so many things in this world and beyond that we grapple to understand. And tonight, we get a little bit closer to the other side. Welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. Uh, we are actually doing an interview with none other than Stephen Williams from Memphis Ghost Investigations and Spirit Rescue. How are yeah. you doing, Stephen? Hello. Good evening. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for being here. It's funny. We were just saying kind of before we got all set up today that this is not really a typical interview we, we do on Into the Portal, but it's something we've kind of been wanting to do, I guess, for a long time, because it's an aspect of the the paranormal, if you will, that we, we're just not as adept with. So we're really thankful that you've come on here today. And maybe just to kick things off, if you could just tell us a bit about yourself, your group, you know, Memphis Ghost Investigations, just kind of how you got started. Okay. Uh, we started about a year and a half ago. I have actually been investigating for about 18 years, and I've been associated with two prior groups and did a lot of solo work myself. But about a year and a half ago, in October 2018, um, I was at a public mediumship demonstration, and that's where I connected with Kayla Bale. She's one of the mediums that I work with. And then about, um, it was about April of 2019, uh, we were in another facility, and two of us were there, and Jennifer Brooks uh, was on site, and we connected with her at that point, so uh, the three of us have been working together a little bit over a year, but Kayla and I have been working about a year and a half together. Nice. Right on. You know, I guess one thing that's popping into my head right off the bat before we get into kind of this list of questions we have for you, was there anything specific in your life early on that kind of made you want to get into this field or did you just sort of fall into it sort of beyond meeting your partners in the group you're working with right now? Well, like I said, I've been involved for about 18 years. So actually what, what was the catalyst for me was I was on a family vacation down in Florida in uh, the old city of St. Augustine down there. 
and just happened to go on a ghost tour. Now, this is a couple of years before all these shows became really popular on television. There wasn't even uh, the Ghost Hunter show or anything like that. So that city has a reputation of being haunted and has always had that reputation. So someone got the idea to put on some ghost tours. And I happened to go on one of those tours and took some uh, photos. And the guy said, hey, you've got, a, you've got some orbs in your photo. And I didn't know what he was talking about at the time. And there really wasn't that much information on the Internet. So when I got back to Memphis, um, I found one website in our area where there were two ladies that were going out investigating. And so I sent those photos to them, and they debunked them. And they told me to go out in at night in my backyard and find where a spider had spun a single thread from a tree down to the ground and take a flash picture. And sure enough, it looked just like a streaking orb. Um, right. But I, I became very interested at that point and um, got a recorder, eventually recorded an EVP, sent it to them. They invited me to go with them, and it kind of started there for me. That's really, really cool. I, I appreciate it so much, too, that you're like right off the bat or sort of coming at it like your first experience was that was with sort of a debunking event, really. I mean, and that's and that's that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like, honestly, that's kind of a stark parallel or uh, contrast, I should say, to some of the other stories that we hear where it's like people, you know, they, they tend to see what they want to see, I guess. But that's that's really interesting and kind of makes me feel like you probably go about this in a more level headed manner. Yeah. Yeah, very, okay. very skeptical for the first year. And I mean, uh, very soon after I joined these two ladies, uh, they had a team. They called it the Ghost Stalkers of West Tennessee. It was just the two of them. but And they were basically only going out into cemeteries in the area and you know trying to do some investigating there. But as soon as I joined up, it seemed like we, we started getting requests from homeowners. So we started doing residential investigations. But I was very, very skeptical. But... Um, you know, we'd have a lot of things happen around us. We'd go into a place and stereos would turn on and off. Lights would turn on and off. Uh, we'd put down trigger objects and uh, leave a room and come back and they'd been moved maybe across the room. So a lot of things happened, but I tried to explain it all away for a while. And then it just became you know, apparent that there was something else going on there. That's very interesting, like progressionally wise. Like, you know, so you're you're going into this and you're starting to have inklings of what you could not explain essentially like that is actually that's really fascinating to me I'm kind of one of the key questions I kind of wanted to ask you Stephen just the name alone with Memphis Ghost Investigations and Spirit Rescue can you kind of explain what you mean by Spirit Rescue Sure. Uh, So, you know, I started in 2002, and for the first two or three years, it was all about investigating and collecting evidence, just pretty much like what you see people in TV do, okay? Um, So in those days, we would go into someone's home, we would take a lot of equipment in, sit around for three or four or five hours, sometimes into the wee hours of the morning, uh, trying to record a voice or catch something in a photo or something like that. And at the end of the the visit, we would leave, and the people were still having problems, you know. They were still having spirit activity going on in their homes, and it really didn't cause any change, positive change to occur. So I would say it was about 2006 or seven. I was down back down in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, years after that first ghost tour I went on, and I met a medium down there named Linda, and Linda introduced me to spirit rescue the concept that we can actually uh, connect to spirits uh, using the clairs what they call the clairs like clairvoyance clairaudience clairsentience claircognizance um, and hear what they've got to say hear their story uh, try to do some counseling and then connect them with loved ones on the other side and that's all done telepathically and um, so it's it it helps those spirits move on in their journey, but it also helps the homeowners and the business owners uh, to have their lives return to normal because the activity ceases. So that's what Spirit Rescue is. We actually go in and we perform a rescue. That's absolutely fascinating. 
I mean, it's something we've never, it's yeah, obviously never experienced for ourselves for sure. But it's interesting. It's like resolution. Right. And, and almost like, I'm not saying this in like a joking manner, but like ghostly therapy almost like, you know, like actually getting to the root of the issue as opposed to say, um, like I've seen on television shows, I don't watch too many of them, but I do see a lot of people trying to provoke spirits and uh, entities that might be existing in a place. So this sounds very different. Your approach sounds a lot more therapeutic. Yeah, this is a very compassionate, gentle approach compared to what you see a lot of people do on television. Also, it just frustrates me. I've I've really stopped watching those shows. I haven't watched one in years um, because they will go into a place and they will refer to the spirits who are there as it. You know, it did this, it did that, mm-hmm. and they, they've lost sight that these were people in bodily form, and now they're pe- still people in spirit form, in energetic form. Right. right. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, we just have a completely different uh, approach to all of this, and we're kind of like spirit, spiritual, spirit social services in a sense. So we do a lot of psychology, use a lot of psychology, do a lot of counseling, and... Um, then we work with allies um, on the other side that help us connect spirits with, with their uh, loved ones on the other side, which allows them the opportunity, if they so choose, to, uh, to leave the earth plane here where they're kind of stuck in a limbo state and make, you know, there's more to the journey than what's going on here. So once we explain that to them, mostly they will want to go ahead and make that transition and release and, and move on. Hmm. That sounds like, yeah, exactly. And it almost sounds like it would be obviously a very volatile situation. Like I would imagine a lot of the reasons that these uh, people have remained or spirits have remained behind is maybe because of the trauma they experienced in life. So I could see it being like a very, a, a very cathartic um, experience overall for, for, I would imagine like for yourself too, do you experience that personally when you have helped a spirit move along? Well, it it can be very emotional. Uh, Sometimes they're caught in a mental loop. Uh, There was one uh, young girl that we, when we went to the house, we found her hiding in a closet, and she was in a mental loop of her last thoughts uh, when she had perished in a fire. So to her, the her to her, the house was still on fire, and it was really hard to get through to her. uh, But we're all energy channels, so we're able to project energy, higher vibrational energy, to a spirit which helps them kind of break out of that uh, foggy state or mental loop that they're in. And with her, we were able to, basically it's a a matter of getting their attention because her entire focus was on the concept that that fire was still going on. And of course it wasn't, but um, yeah, there's all kinds of different reasons why they, why they will stay. I'm curious too, like you mentioned um, uh, the communication is telepathic, how else do you try and reach out and uh, communicate and, and um, interact with these spirits? Well, we do carry one little piece of equipment. I, I carry uh, an EMF meter, which you may have seen in a, one of the shows. I've used uh, a certain type for many, many years. And sometimes spirits will interact with equipment if they get um, in a state of mind where they're, where they're really agitated or they're very excited. Sometimes they will make those pieces of equipment respond. But what I've found over the past 13 years that I, in which I've been involved in spirit rescue is that if there are gifted mediums uh, on site, they will always go to those people and uh, communicate with them. Because face it, I mean, if you have a box to talk to or you have a person to talk to, what are you going to go to? You, you, you don't waste as much energy. Uh, it's very cumbersome to try to communicate with spirits through spirit boxes or um, meters and that thing because it's a, it's a kind of a ask questions, wait for an answer, or maybe ask questions and go back and listen to a recording. But mediums are able to communicate in real time, so it really simplifies the process. Typically, we're only in a, a site one to two hours max. Oh, wow. Interesting. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. I always imagine it being like an all-night thing where, you know, mm-hmm. there's lots of lots of, you know, just boring moments interspersed with these like moments of high activity or excitement or whatever like that. Have you had investigations where they have been longer than that? Like, have you ever spent the night in a place where you're, where it's been a very difficult, a difficult case? Not since I started working with mediums in 2007. Now, prior to that, when I was relying entirely on equipment, 
Uh, I do have abilities myself. I'm clairsentient, so I can feel the energy of spirits, but that didn't kick in until about 2006 or seven. And uh, so I, if you guys have had a spirit in your house or have a spirit in your house, I'd be able to walk into your house and tell you if it's male or female there. Uh, oh, wow. I can sense their vibration, so I can tell you if that person is what we call earthbound. Someone who, when it was their time to make the transition, they decided to stay for some reason, like the girl in the closet. Um, or if it's if it's one of your crossed over loved ones, because they are able to come back and forth and... Uh, sometimes they'll bring gifts. They'll bring pennies or feathers. So watch out for those things if you haven't already started looking for those types of things. Those are signs that your loved ones, like grandparents and great-grandparents, are around, and they're kind of supporting you or watching over you in a sense. But um, that's kind of the way it works. That's pretty incredible. I, I, so actual physical objects uh, sort of manifest is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. One house I remember in particular was I was in the house with a lady. Just the two of us were there. And she had told me that uh, there were, she would find pennies everywhere. So I walked into the house, met her, and we talked a little bit. And she said, well, come down this hallway. I want to show this to you. So up and down the hallway, there was probably a dozen pennies just thrown up and down the hallway. Wow. So I said, uh, well, let's pick them up. And so we picked them up. We went into a room. We came out in about three or four minutes, and there was pennies all up down the hallway again. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, those are called apports. Apports. Okay. A-P-P-O-R-T. So they're able to manipulate material objects like that uh, since they're an energetic form, and they dematerialize them and materialize them in different places. Yeah. That is so cool. That is really fascinating. I'm I'm just now, honestly, just having this spark. Going back to an episode we covered, a creepy Canada, historic haunts, and and things of that nature. And there was one case in Manitoba, if I'm not mistaken, and it was a house. And at one point, they described how a sliver of bone was found um, outside the door of the closet. That was kind of like the hot spot of activity in the household. And no one touched it, and it so, reportedly disappeared on its own. And when we were going through the research for that episode, and we kind of came across more similar objects of that nature, and and some lines of thought were kind of of the idea not to touch them. Have you ever like had any like thing nefarious associated with these objects, or are they more so just like messages from beyond? Or how would you describe it? Uh, typically, the 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 coins that people find are going to be gifts from loved ones. Okay. Um, early on, uh, when I first started investigating, I read as much as I could um, to find out how this field had evolved over time. And there was a uh, an old-time English uh, ghost investigator named Harry Price, and he wrote a lot of books. And some of the techniques that he used, he would put down talcum powder, in places where there was an alleged haunting and see if any foots, you know, footprints appeared in that. The other thing that he would do was he would use trigger objects. And so what he did was he would take a coin or an object and draw an outline around it and then put the coin down on top of that outline and then maybe leave it there overnight to see if it had been moved when he came back and, you know, secure the location so no one would go in and out. So I, I took that idea a little, a step further. And so what we did was we Xerox uh, a, a particular type of coin as a dollar coin, American coin. And we would put the coin right on top of that Xeroxed image so it was lined up perfectly. And many times we would put those out in different locations back when we used to spend a lot of time in locations. And you'd come back uh, two or three hours later, they'd been moved completely off, off the image or um, maybe turned around, maybe flipped over. One time, though, we were in a house, yes, about nefarious things. So Mm -hmm. the most extreme cases that I've ever worked on involved people doing uh, occult things like Ouija boards and Mm -hmm. spellcraft and that type of thing. So there was a family that called us to their home, and they had seen a really dark, tall figure, a hooded figure in the house. And that was early on when I was investigating, but... So we put one of those uh, Xerox coins down. It was uh, the Sacagawea dollar coin that we have here in the States. And um, 
I left the room and I came back and it had vanished. And so I started looking around for it and it was all the way across the room. And so when I picked it up, it was like red hot. Oh, wow. So, so there was some kind of uh, transference of energy that, that, that was a very powerful spirit. It also uh, ran into the refrigerator so hard it knocked all the magnets off. So that was, that was a, dark, a darker spirit or negative type spirit that they had uh, drawn in through the Ouija board, using the Ouija board. Oh man, like on that note of Ouija boards too, because I, I have some, some notes a little further down, but I might as well dive right into that now because we've had people, you know, we've had conversations about Ouija boards with people, you know, on Twitter and different things like that. And it's, it's sometimes taken seriously, sometimes not taken seriously. So obviously you've kind of given us an, an example where it can go awry. I mean, do you have any other I mean, do you have anything just to say on the topic of Ouija boards in general and just sort of, I mean, they're sold as a Hasbro game, like ages three to, you know, three and up or something like that. And I just find it to be kind of comical in a way, depending on the context, I suppose. But I mean, what do you think about that? Yes, it's not the actual object. I mean, that's just a piece of cardboard with some letters printed on it, right? Mass produced sure. with a plastic planchette. And, um, but it's the intent. Uh, behind the use of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could do the same thing by drawing a lot of letters on a piece of paper and putting a glass out there and putting your fingers, you know, get several people together, put your fingers on the glass and see if it moves around. But what what the intent uh, where people get into trouble is if their intent is just to talk to anyone. So they don't go into uh, use a Ouija board and say, we only want to speak to the highest highest spirits, the highest vibrational spirits. We don't want anyone of a low vibration or anyone malicious to, to come through. Um, so that's where, that's where the things get off, get off course. Uh, now I have a really good friend over in Little Rock, Arkansas. She's a medium. And when her mother passed, uh, before she passed, they made a pact that whichever one passed first, they would try to communicate and see if they, you know, see if they were able to communicate through the veil. So she, the way she initially started developing her, her gifts as a medium was she used a Ouija board, but her sole intent was to contact her mother, no one else. And, um, because she used it that way, it was just a tool of focus for her. So the other way that people use it, they get together in little groups and teenagers, especially just for the chills and thrills. And they, just kind of open the door, so to speak. Like if you guys opened your door tonight and left it wide open, you know, who might come through that door, right? Yeah. So it's just the same concept. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, the the whole idea of intent behind it. I mean, yeah, it is interesting that it really could be anything. Yeah, draw it on a piece of paper and, and kind of do whatever. It's about what you what you believe and make of it. I mean, yeah, you already sort of you answered part of a question I had too about the idea of sort of feeling threatened and sort of one of the more scary, I guess, um, situations you were in with the, with the red hot coin. I mean, other than that, um, as far as a case, maybe not going as you expect, you kind of mentioned off the top that sometimes there were cases where like people would still experience things in the house and things like that. Was there ever any stories you heard from people like after you had had been in a home or in a certain place where after the fact there was some other potentially like violent things going on, or maybe it wasn't necessarily just a human spirit left there? Now, generally the cases we work on are pretty much, uh, I think our spirit guides send us uh, people that need help with earthbound spirits. Now, right early on when I was investigating, I was pretty much um, taking on any kind of cases. And there was one lady over in Arkansas I worked with at one time. And she's another Ouija board story. So um, she uh, started using a Ouija board and became obsessed with using it. And that's a danger right there, the word obsession. Mm -hmm. So she would leave her job at lunchtime and come home and use that Ouija board. And eventually she drew in a dark spirit who came into her dreams at first. And he, he presented himself as a, an American Civil War soldier. And he was very pleasant and uh, charming. And as, it, as that went on, the dreams became darker and darker. And uh, eventually um, things would you know, start to happen in the house. She had young children in the house, and, and it was scaring them. And then 
she claimed that she was being assaulted. You know, I never could really substantiate that or not. But I will tell you this. I was in the house with her one time uh, alone when her husband went to the store for a minute. And out of her came the most uh, this, this really scary, gravelly voice. And uh, so we do work with some allies on the other side that deal with that kind of energy. And I was able to... Um, to work with that and have that removed but yeah typically when we go into a place and do our work it's pretty much taken care of uh, these days so we don't really get called back to any places and it only takes us maybe an hour or two to go in and do the work it's pretty quick mm -hmm. it's like you go in the house you you find who's there you find out why they're there where they've come from do some counseling they either decide to release and transition on the spot or they have the information they need where they can make that decision later that's just we really respect that i mean that's yeah. really um i mean it's a really cool job obviously but it's also just like a really meaningful thing to do it is yeah um, and it's a very it's such a unique uh, position to be in and you just kind of just loosely laid out there how you kind of go about but when you walk into a place and i'm just curious as to those first moments when you're assessing the situation i i'm assuming you kind of suss people out ahead of time and I'm, I'm actually curious this is a side note but if you've had anyone that's like it's a blatantly like they're lying to your face have you ever had anyone that's like kind of like deliberately uh untruthful about what they're experiencing or that's i don't know that's where my brain's going right now for <laughs> i understand what you're talking about we do have a questionnaire so if somebody contacts us um first of all i will call them and and speak on the phone now i'm clairsentient so i can tell if there's anyone in their home or not so i can oh. tell if their spirits or not and if okay. there's no one there that's the end of it okay wow okay other thing that we're able to do is i don't know if they if you have this in canada or not but in the u.s um these uh, google has sent these car these camera cars everywhere if someone gives me an address that's one of the first things that i do is i go i go on the internet and i plug in their address and i'll get a picture of of the site and i will send that to my two partners kayla and jennifer and they're actually able to read i am too to a certain extent they're better than me because their their clairvoyant uh, gifts are stronger than mine but they're actually able to read those photos uh, because that uh, that there's an energetic connection when i contact the client potential client and then when we uh, see where they're living it's it's all about um Everything is energy. Everything is vibrating at a certain frequency. So if you're able to, you know, think about it right now. Uh, there's television stations broadcasting in your area, my area, uh, that if we have the right type of receiver, you know, we can tune in and pick up a certain station, right? Or a radio station. Mm -hmm. Same idea. So we can tune into a site and really tell if there's anyone there and whether or not it's worth, worth the um, effort to go and make that trip there. The other thing I do is I never ask for any specifics, but I do have an, uh, a legal permission form. If we get to that point where I'm ready to, the person wants us to come, and I know that there's actually spirits in the home or business, the last step is I will send them a link to a uh, permission form, and they have to answer a few more questions in there. I want to know if they've ever had any, um, you know, if they've ever used a Ouija board, if they've done any spells or anybody in the family's done that. Whether or not they've had clergy in there or um, a shaman or anybody like that. And also if other paranormal investigation groups have been on site. Because a lot of times, you know, you mentioned provoking earlier. A lot of times these uh, groups that watch all this stuff on TV and then they decide they want to call themselves paranormal investigators after buying a few pieces of equipment on Amazon, they will go in and really mess things up. Oh, yes. Just cause way yeah. more damage. Hey? Right. Yeah. Wow. That's dangerous. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I feel like because we actually we own a Ouija board. We've used it once in our life and we did it with good intentions. We didn't do it with bad intentions, And we did it when we were not in our home, too. We, we actually were on vacation, which uh, we were just we didn't get any response. So maybe we we're just not tapped in. And that's kind of what I'm picking up here is like. I'm really curious if you could just maybe further define the differences between clairsentience and clairvoyance and then additionally, like, 
how you've sort of managed to manifest or maybe channel that. Okay. Sure. There's there's four major what they call clairs. So the first one would be clairvoyance. That means clear seeing. So uh, Kayla and Jennifer are really uh, gifted in that department. So we can go into a site, and if there's a spirit there, in their mind's eye, like if I tell you right now, think of your grandmother. You can see a picture of her in your mind, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same, same idea. So, But when we go into a site and there are, is a spirit there, they're actually able to see them in their mind's eye very clearly. And I can do that sometimes. Uh, oh, wow. That's called clairvoyance. Okay. Now, clear, clear audience is clear hearing, so um, they're also able, and I can do this sometimes, uh, not as not as well as they can, but um, when we go into a site and there's a spirit, like that girl that was in the closet, they could clearly hear her say, the house is on fire, the house is on fire. So she was mm-hmm. mentally projecting her thought energy, and like a receiver, just like you can tune into a radio station, they focused on her and were able to hear that thought. So it's almost like a thought in your head, um, but it's you can, if you've worked with this uh, this clear gift long enough, you can distinguish it from your own thoughts, and you, it kind of feels like it's far away, or there's different ways they describe it. So that's clear audience. Now clear sentience, clear sentience, which I have, is where. I can actually feel their energy. So the way that started for me was I was in um, a little house. It was on the grounds of a Civil War house uh, in a little town east of Memphis. And I started feeling a kind of tingling sensation around my crown chakra, which is the highest chakra, which is around your head. And uh, I didn't know what it was. And so I searched for a teacher for a while, finally found a lady... um, who'd been teaching for about 40 years, and she helped me understand that. And then by working with different mediums over the past uh, 18 years, I know that when I go into a site and I feel that tingling on the right side, that it's a masculine energy. If it's on the left side, it's a feminine energy. If I feel it lower, it's what we call earthbound, like the girl in the closet. She had never left the house. She was When she perished, she, her energy was stuck there. And then um, I can also feel the energy of uh, crossed over loved ones. Uh, like if uh, I was with you guys there and I, I could feel maybe your grandmother come in or your grandfather, uh, people that have already made the transition, their vibrations higher. And then I can also feel the energy of uh, what people would call spirit guides or guardian angel type energy. So it comes in handy. And then when I feel it go down the back of my neck, that's the darker stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that sounds oh. right. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Really interesting. We here at Into the Portal know that there are many out there who suffer from thoughts and feelings that interfere with overall happiness and well being. BetterHelp is there for you with licensed professional counselors who are available remotely in a safe and private online environment. Yeah, totally. It's amazing how modern technology can enable us to get the help we need on our own time and through your own preferred methods of contact, including secure video or phone sessions, plus online chat and text messaging with your therapist, too. What's really great is how BetterHelp is available worldwide. Anything you share with your specially matched therapist is completely confidential, and you can change counselors at any time for no additional fee. BetterHelp has licensed professionals who are specialized in everything from depression, anxiety, family conflicts, and many other areas that may not be locally available to you. And best of all, it's truly affordable. And all Into the Portal listeners get 10% off your first month using discount code PORTAL. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com portal. That's P-O-R-T-A-L. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that can make a difference in your life. That's betterhelp.com slash portal using discount code portal, P-O-R-T-A-L. I mean, on, on the whole note of just the idea of energy, I mean, when I'm, when I'm hearing that, I mean, obviously, like, we only have so many sort of, like, I mean, our vocabulary to work with trying to sort of, like, understand what that actually is. But obviously, it's some sort of form of energy that isn't 
we can't really describe it in any sort of like material means, like as far as electricity goes or anything like that. Although I'm sure it must feel that way in some regard. Yes, I've been in situations where uh, angelic type energies have been around and the mediums can see that and I feel it. And it does feel like you're you're kind of electrified from head to toe. It's like you've stepped into some kind of uh, really high vibrational current or something. And it's not an, an unpleasant feeling or anything like that. It's just really different. So right. um, to me, I mean, I can just be driving down the street in my car and all of a sudden I will feel someone get in the car with me uh, and I can distinguish if it's a male or female so mm-hmm. I do I do some counseling sometimes when I'm on road trips because they are able to see us there's almost like there's a light around you in a sense and they're kind of drawn to that life that light like a moth to a flame so there's um, we were going to a, a house over in East Tennessee and we were the three of us were in my car about to cross the Tennessee River going towards Nashville and all of a sudden, I felt I felt someone get in the car with me. Now, they, as mediums, don't stay open all the time. They close their chakras down, which are the energy centers, so they're not bothered by this all the time. But I asked them if they would um, open up and, and you know get a little bit more information about who this was. I could tell it was a male, and I could tell he was earthbound, but I couldn't really hear what he was saying. And it turned out it was this, uh, this guy from, um, I guess he lived in that area maybe, but he... He initially, he looked like he was wearing a hunting coat, but Kayla was able to focus on him, and he was wearing a paratrooper's jacket, and he was apparently from like World War II or the Korean War, and what he told them was he was looking for his mother. So again, we have allies on the other side, so after some counseling, and uh, we called on that person to be brought to him, and he made that transition. Well, that's just an example of how they will come to you at just the oddest places and the oddest times. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, you know, there's a spirit world around us that I wasn't aware of 20 mm-hmm. or 30 years ago that I know exists. And um, it's just quite normal for me now. Wow. That almost, I hate to say it, this is very cliche, but it's almost like the I see dead people in, uh, what's that classic movie? I, know, I can't remember from, the like, Costner's Costner movie. I no, can't it wasn't remember. Costner. No. Sixth Sense. Yeah. Yes, right. with Bruce Willis. Gibson. If I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> that kid in that movie was clear. Uh, he was clairvoyant and clairaudient the way he was. Gotcha. Did. Yeah. So he could see and hear uh, the spirit that Bruce Willis was portraying there. So to, right. to him, it looked like a real person. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious, like, do you believe that these different clairs, these can be developed by pretty much anybody if they're willing and focused on it or is it something that is more like for a few people that have these gifts no i believe everyone has the potential i think it lays it lays dormant in most people until they get to a point in their life where they are able to devote some time to it uh Mm -hmm. some people like jennifer and kayla both had experiences when they were children Uh, jennifer's father passed when she was seven and he would come to her at night and tell her stories. Wow. And she would uh, tell her mother the next day. And she said, well, how do you know that? We never told you that story. You know, so she had those experiences. Uh-huh. Now, Kayla lived in a house where there was an older gentleman uh, named Carter. And he would move things around. He would uh, slam doors to try to get attention. There was a little girl named Lillian who basically stayed in her closet. And she was kind of like a companion for Kayla uh, during all those years. But she described them as looking very, very real when she would see them. But I think everyone has that potential. And in my experience, uh, women are, I think, a little bit more in tuned uh, to to spirit energy or, or have that um, inclination to maybe experience it uh, easier than men do. Mm-hmm. And it typically unfolds for women in their late 30s or early 40s because by that time their careers are pretty much you know uh, on autopilot and their children are out of the house so they've done all their child rearing and they have some time to themselves and it's almost like their spirit guides say okay well if you're interested in this we're going to open you up to it and there there are a lot of great books and and uh, resources out there for people that are interested in exploring that Wow. 
it sounds very like holistic when you talk about it. Like, especially when you start bringing up like chakras and things of that nature, it all just sounds like it's kind of within this spiritual bubble that a lot of people I feel like today are very much out of tune with. Like we're all just on our phones, essentially. Like, you know, it's a travesty in my opinion, if you think about it, if we are capable of tapping into this, like I, I, yeah, I don't really have a question. I just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a no, general sure. comment, I guess. I, I wanted to, um, Stephen, to come back to uh, the idea of sort of the uh, the hairs on the back of your neck standing up and the the notion of running into things that are of the darker variety. Um, we've kind of encountered, not uh, not in person, not <laughs> but person. in our research um, into different things, encountered stuff. The idea like uh, the elemental, for example, that's said to haunt Lep Castle and various other sort of like castles in Europe and places like that. Things that are sort of like non-human forms, if you will. And you've touched on that a little bit. But I guess what I'm asking is like, what do you ultimately see that as personally? I mean, if you're if you're to have that that tingling on the back of your neck and it's something that's not a human form per se, where does your mind go as to like what you're dealing with? Well, I, I have encountered angelic-type energies, uh, very, very high vibrational. So I guess, you know, there has to be a balance in everything. There has to be light. There has to be dark. So I do believe that there are darker energies. And the reason I think they're allowed to roam around and to um, potentially influence people is I think they're there to teach lessons. So people that are in your in your town tonight, in my town tonight, that are out doing uh, those nefarious things and getting into uh, uh, darker activities and harmful activities, I think they attract, you know, like attracts like. So I think they attract those energies to them. And ultimately, I think they have to go through some kind of experience that's life-changing. And I, I do believe that's why those energies are allowed um, to, to be able to influence people. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like attracts like. So if you keep your vibration high, because I, I, the way I see everything is as energy and vibration and frequency. So if you're a good person and your intent is always good and that, you know, that keeps your vibration high. And those energies are not attracted to that, so you never have a problem with it. But uh, that's kind of kind of been my experience, and I have come across. You mentioned elementals, uh, especially since uh, Jennifer came on the scene. She's had a lot of experiences with those types of energies, which I was not quite familiar with until she came on board. But we have had some uh, investigations in the past year since she's joined up with us, where there have been some elemental type energies. Um, which I've never come across before. So it's quite interesting that she kind of opened the door to that. Oh, open the door, you say. That, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> well, I would, I would say more she's made me aware of them. Maybe they were always there and I just wasn't aware of them. But uh, 100%. they have a different, uh, you, you know, I told you I'm clairsentient, so I feel the energy of spirits. But they have a very different feeling energy. It's not... It's not uh, negative it's not positive it's just different <laughs> so i think they're i think they're doing their thing and they're not uh, they're not intent on causing harm or anything like that uh they're just part of the land and maybe part of healing the land or regarding the land or whatever that's, that's an interesting take on that i i hmm. i like that i can appreciate that perspective different contexts obviously would lead to sort of different take on what you're experiencing i guess yeah. if you're in a spooky european castle it might feel a little different per se or but, something uh, that's just entrenched with very dark histories right because right? yeah. i feel like when that was a while ago we covered lep castle but in that research i remember the idea of like an elemental as being born from just like a, a sea of like negative energies and things that have just coalesced over over years or decades or even centuries no i feel like they're more uh just uh you know part of the land okay interesting energetic form that's uh, connected to the land usually or uh, we did encounter, believe it or not, in a school one time, there was uh, an air e- elemental. And she was kind of like a wind. Uh, she was kind of, she was feminine. And they, again, Jennifer is the one to connect with her. And she was kind of like a wind in a sense. I don't know. It's just all this is kind of new to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just had to go. I could feel the energy. It felt different. And the way she described it was uh, this there had been some environmental damage in that area, and this elemental had uh, come 
come out in the open to do some work there. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of new to me. I'm not all that familiar with it. That's so, it's all just fascinating to me. I have another like sort of like, I don't even know, just something that popped in my head again, where it's just, I feel like when people besides professionals such as yourself, maybe perhaps experience these things, I feel like it might be something to do with the perception or a misperception of what is really going on. Because like you said, like attracts like. So say if you're, you know, you're a good person or average person, you're not, (laughs) you're not an evil person by any means, but then you start to experience things that you can't explain. And then fear is born from the fact that you can't explain it. Like things like you were describing, like where say objects are moving around the room or you feel someone grab you, but there's no one there type of thing. Is that would you just like explain that as like they're just trying to reach out? They're just trying to get your attention? Yeah, most of the times it's a cry for help. And so people will move into a, into a home and they've never experienced anything like that in their life. And all of a sudden uh, they feel someone touch them or there's knocking or they put their keys down and they turn around and the keys are gone. And typically, in my experience, what's going on there is there's a spirit who's like the girl in the closet who's trapped who doesn't know, um, they know that something is different and someone is in their space and they're trying to get their attention uh, to say, you know, I'm here. Um, I think I need some help, but I don't know what to do. Uh, Can you help me? And sometimes the people that move into the house uh, are are sensitive and they're able to see them. And, um, but if they can't, really understand what's going on the spirits will always do more and more i will get get calls and saying uh, people will say it's getting worse it's getting worse uh, right. i said what, what do you mean well they're they're knocking more well sure they're gonna <laughs> knock more because they've got your attention but you're still what they're gonna do is they're going to knock and they're going to move things and they're going to touch until they call someone like me and my my teammates or someone else that can go in and offer the help they need. And they're going to continue to do that. But people misinterpret it as threatening. Right. Okay. I'm sure you have uh, a bone to pick with a lot of different uh, portrayals of, say, spirits or even like poltergeists, I guess, as as in film and cinema and things of that nature. One that just popped in my head right now is uh, Ouija 2, Origins of Evil, where essentially the story goes where it's a, you know, a typical family or a typical family is what I should say. And they move into this house, they have this Ouija board experience, and then it all just, just goes downhill from there in a very extreme way, resulting in ultimately like the possession of the daughter. And I have a hard time grappling with that realistically, right? But have you ever experienced or had anyone try to describe something to you like that where they feel like they are being possessed by the thing that's in their home or yeah i've never seen a possession i don't think that's really possible i don't think that's mm-hmm. allowed but i have seen overshadowings what i would call an overshadowing so mm-hmm. someone will move into a house uh, maybe the husband and wife are just the ideal couple the husband's just as kind and sweet as he can be and all of a sudden his mood changes after they move into this place and he becomes angry all the time and there's no there's no reason for it. And what could be going on there is that there is a spirit, uh, an angry, a person who's angry that lived in the house or was on the land or maybe followed them there. Sometimes they come with objects. When you buy things at yard sales and antique stores, there are spirits attached to the objects. But if that person that husband was in a weakened state or maybe he was going through a spiritual crisis or something that spirit can can overshadow they are they are capable of doing that and i've seen that happen many times but hollywood is always over the top i mean Mm -hmm. of course never like that so they're out they're out you know they're they want to make everything into a horror movie or demonic or whatever but uh Mm -hmm. of course yeah i've seen i've seen a few things uh in my day and you talk about poltergeist okay i was in a house uh near nashville one time there was a little girl in there and she had drowned and she was uh, communicating with the medium that i was with at the time and I uh, had to go back to the room and get something. So when I was walking down a hallway, all of a sudden, this baby shoe 
flew right across in, across the hallway right in front of me. Now, that was the little girl, and she picked it up and threw it because she wanted me to know that she was there, you know. She didn't throw it at me, but she threw it in front of me. Right. So, you know, it wasn't anything threatening. She just wanted to let me know that she was there, and she was capable of doing that. So I have never, in 18 years, had any kind of harmful thing happen to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've been in houses where there's been some really powerful spirits, and, um and some darker spirits, but, um, you know, if you go into a situation with compassion, and I even feel sorry and have pity for those, those spirits who have separated themselves from source, and, you know, so they, they can even be work, you can even work with them and, and um, usually help them to increase their vibration. If you can't, we do have allies that come in and, and remove them. Wow. Very cool. You know, when you're really dedicated to this work and you've done it for a long time and you're, you feel protected, and I feel like we're all, we are divinely protected when we're doing this kind of work, when our intent is to go in and do the rescues, we're never, we're never concerned about anything happening because we always, uh, it's almost like they clear the way for us. Right. Right. Man. <laughs> I, it's sort of hard to segue from that to my next question, but we're sort of coming down to something that Amber and I have been talking about over the last few days, and it's come up in a million episodes that we've covered. And it's the idea of uh, spirit animals. And it's kind of funny because it's come up in our shows um, in the context of things like living dinosaurs and us sort of speculating on the idea of like, well, you know, if someone sees what they describe as a living dinosaur and, you know, in the central Congo or something, could that potentially be Mm -hmm. some sort of a manifestation from, you know, a very violent death that occurred 65 million years ago or whatever. So I wanted to ask you, you know, what is your experience with sort of animal spirits? And, you know, I guess I may all have some more questions after that, after you sort of answer the first one, I guess. <laughs> well, I have experienced a few of those, uh, those uh, energies. Uh, one was a cat. Uh, there was a house that we used to te- do workshops in, teach paranormal investigator training workshops. And the last lady who lived in the house died in 1978, and she had a cat named Whitey. And often our workshop guests, it was an overnight experience, so a lot of times they would report hearing a cat meow in the house, and there were no cats in the house. There was only a dog. And then one time I actually saw Whitey run through the, uh, this was an old antebellum home, I actually saw Whitey run through the ladies' parlor in that house. It was just kind of like a streak of white, but definitely cat-shaped. So I have had personal experiences with animal spirits. And then uh, I used to work with a partner um, who had a little dog who passed, and they would often hear that little dog's toenails uh, clipping down the hallway. Aww. So, they, yeah, they, they come around uh, sometimes. And I actually know people who, uh, mediums who work with, with animals, they're actually able to bring through messages from animals. So that's something I don't have any experience with, and the two uh, mediums that I work with are not um, drawn into that work, but other people are, so. Right. That's so cool. I I, I feel like I have to ask, too, even though you said you're not that experienced with it per se, but we just had a family pet uh, pass away, um, a small little Shih Tzu poodle, and my sister was telling us the other day, uh, this is at my parents' house, and uh, she was telling us the other day that um, uh, the cat Minnie, who you know would always kind of cuddle up together, and they were sort of friends, um, seemed to be like playing with something that did, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of peeking around uh, doors and then running away, and sort of like doing mm-hmm. what he would do when Winston <laughs> was around. And like uh, they would do that together. They'd have their game. Yeah, they and would sort Minnie... of chase each other, and then now he seems to be doing it on his own. Um, like chasing. Do you think that animals have the ability to see things that we don't? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they can see into uh, uh, light uh, vibrations that we can't see. And um, I've had many experiences where I've been in homes um, where people report that. You know, the the animals are always looking in this one corner. When we get there, there's a man that's always standing in that corner. So they see it. Yeah, they really do. Wow. And children also, uh, since, spirit, uh, since children come in from spirit um, and they're, they're still close to that vibration a lot of children are able to see spirit energies and to uh, uh, interact like that until maybe they get to be about six or seven years old and they get into school and all of that's uh, you know 
their focus goes into the left brain rather than the right brain and goes into the learning mode and then they they kind of shut that off until maybe later like i was mentioning with the ladies uh, that typically open back up when they're like in their late 30s or early 40s so those gifts go dormant they're always there and um, if someone becomes interested in it at any point in their lives uh, it's always the potential there that you can develop it if you want to there are a couple of books I, I would like to recommend. Um, there's probably some people listening that uh, might want to explore this. And there's a, a medium from Chicago, Illinois, named Sonia Choquette. That's S-O-N-I-A-C-H-O-Q-U-E-T-T-E. She's written a lot of books, but I've recommended two books many, many times over the years. I've probably made her millionaire over the years. <laughs> the two books are Trust Your Vibes, V-I-B-E-S. And that explains about energy and how to tune in and develop your gifts if you're if you're uh, have an inclination to do that. And the second one, after reading that one, I would recommend that people read uh, trust. I mean, uh, ask your guides. And so she talks about all the spiritual helpers that are around us and our family members and how to connect with them and sense them and so forth. But those are really great starting points for. Anybody that's kind of opening up to their gifts or wants to explore that. Very cool. I know we definitely have people listening that uh, would be interested in that for sure. So that's great. I know Amber had Mm -hmm. one sort of, not one, but uh, a dark question to ask you as well. A little bit of a darker question. And this has to do with the shadow people phenomena. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with that. It, It, to me, it's interesting the way a lot of people connect that with sleep paralysis And uh, they don't often associate it with, say, like a spirit or like, you know, like a ghost, which is kind of, to me, a little confusing. And I'll just kind of preface that by saying, like, I, I have not had like paranormal experiences in my life. I did have one thing that I couldn't explain when I was a child, a young child growing up. Uh, It was my mom and my sister and me living in the house. And one night I recall waking up just like, you know, I was wide awake. This is not a dream at all. I still remember it crystal clear to this day. And I do recall seeing my door was open. I looked into the hall and I could see two shadowy figures that were very like elongated seeming. And they went into my sister's room right beside the room I was in. And I just remember I just had that feeling, you know, that deep terror, that dread that just sets into your bones. And I laid awake for hours and hours and I just stared out waiting for them to come back outside of my sister's room. And I, the whole time I had this feeling of terror that she was being inundated with these spirits or something, but nothing, they never came back. They never rematerialized. And I, that was my one weird experience that I've never been able to explain. And I'm curious if you've heard things that are similar in your work and how you would explain that shadow people phenomena. I will, but I want to make one comment. The fact that you saw that energy means that you're clairvoyant. The fact that you had, it was a terrifying experience means you probably shut that down at that time. So Mm -hmm. you do have that potential later, you know, if you want to explore it, I believe, and, uh, and tap into that. Well, that's... (laughs) That's very intriguing. Cool. <laughs> wow. Oh my, I didn't expect to hear that. <laughs> I will tell you that the more you understand, the less you fear, okay? Mm, right. Right. Yeah. Read those books and, and, you know, just get more information and it all becomes a little less uh, scary. <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking about the whole, like, misperception of it all, right? And having that experience myself where it's like, it's hard to get away from that at the same time, especially in the moment, right? Like, looking back, hindsight now i'm like oh you know i was quite young too i was probably like six or seven maybe yep um so there's several theories about shadow people you know some people think they're actually thought forms um you know conjured up from like depression type states or or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um i will say you know people say if they see a dark form or a, a misty, dark mist that's in a humanoid form, they, they think it's uh, malevolent, okay? Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example of, of something that was not malevolent, okay? So when we used to teach, the, teach those workshops in the house, Antebellum Home, where I saw Whitey the Cat, we were doing our first workshop back in 2006. And about 30 minutes into the workshop, my partner at the time was making a presentation. I noticed some movement in the hallway. 
So I turned and looked, and this really beautiful, it looked like she's about 18 or 19-year-old girl of that time period of the American Civil War in a, in a big hoop skirt with her hair up in a bun. Uh, I could see her perfectly. And her dress had like gold and burgundy. It was kind of sparkly. And when I really looked at her, I could partially see through her. So she just floated past the, the doorway, and I saw her, my partner saw her, and uh, one of our workshop guests saw her. But my partner's wife was sitting in the next room. Now, when she saw her, she was like a swirling, misty, dark cloud of energy. So what she was doing was she was drawing energy from the house, maybe from us, maybe from whatever source she could get to try to manifest enough where she could show us what she looked like. So just because you see a dark figure or a dark swirling mass doesn't mean it's negative. Oh, man. You've totally reoriented my whole perspective uh, yeah. <laughs> on seeing, seeing, spirit, seeing something that I can't explain. I mean, yeah, no, that's definitely where the mind goes for people that aren't, yeah, just where you're not thinking that way. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be afraid or you're going to assume it's something something negative. I think that that's... That's such a positive, that's such, just such a positive take and a really positive way for us to sort of like wrap up this interview mm-hmm. um, because I feel like we have asked you a bunch of crazy questions and ultimately we wanted to give you a chance to sort of like say whatever you wanted to say, just kind of wrap things up, I guess. Like if you had anything that you wanted to let like our listeners know, a message yeah. to our listeners, I mm-hmm. suppose, because they're not really experienced with this stuff. This is going to be a really unique interview for them. Yeah, I, I uh would invite everyone to have a look at our website. That's memphisghostinvestigations.com. Or they can get to the same place by going to memphisspiritrescue.com. We also have a Facebook page. And if you uh, type in Memphis Ghost Investigations, plural, and Spirit Rescue, uh, you can find us there. I'm also working on a book. So I hope to publish my book uh, this year sometime in the fall. And in that book, I will uh, talk about all my experiences and all the different uh, mediums that I've worked with and what they've shared with me about spirit rescue and um, some of the very interesting uh, earthbound spirits I've met along the way and how to work with earthbound spirits and how to rescue them. So that's hopefully going to be out this year later on. Very cool. We'll keep us posted on that because yes. actually we would love to have you back on the show and we can kind of, you know, we can promote it and talk mm-hmm. a little bit more because I guarantee after we're done recording today, our, we're just going to have a million more questions that oh, flood into our yes. brains 100%. That's and what our listeners happens. will too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But thank you so much, Stephen. Honestly, this has been amazing. Uh, totally, not, I wouldn't say changed my perspective, but sort of give given me a new perspective, I would say, given us a new perspective it's, on what you do. It has clarified a lot of things for me personally. And I just, I have to say, I, I really appreciate your approach, you and your team. And I really think you guys can do something really, really great. And you are doing something great, I should say. <laughs> I just... I, oh man, I just, I'm really frustrated now for all those other people that are like just asking ghosts to punch them in the face. Like that's just rude. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah. Not keen on that. No. I tell you what we definitely need to do. We have to do this again and get Kayla and Jennifer on as well. That would be awesome. You guys will have to yes. send them our regards and uh, I hope they enjoy listening to this, to this interview with you. Um, yeah, man, this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I just hope that um, people that are out there doing investigation work, they will consider the possibility that they can help out in a positive way rather than just go in and get evidence and leave leave the homeowner and the business owner, you know, without any uh, really positive help. So that's our focus. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, Stephen, until next time, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Well, that was a really interesting conversation. Definitely. Mm-hmm. A unique one for Into the Portal, that's for sure. And it's not exactly what I expected it to be. I mean, he Stephen was really level-headed. And I want to go <laughs> on like an investigation with, with him and his team. That would oh, be so yeah. amazing. That uh, would be really cool. Wow. We have a lot more questions that just came flooding through. So this mm-hmm. is definitely going to happen again. Yeah, it is. And we want all of you guys, if you've got questions like we do, we'd love it if you just send them in. And then that way, when we have Steven on for the show again, 
we can uh, have some more Q&A kind of thing. Because to be honest, yeah, even just going back and editing through this episode, I was just like, oh, what about this? What about that? What about this? And yeah, just so many little sparks flying. So totally. And even like mid conversation too, right? One of the big, like, I mean, what was your kind of biggest takeaway? Do you have anything? Like for me, it was one thing that I didn't ask him and the thought just kind of popped into my head as we were discussing it when he brought up the the feathers and the coins and things like that, the objects that can be left or brought from another realm essentially. Mm. And I just want to dig into like what those are, what their, what their physical matter really is. It's like we pick it up as an object in this reality, but is it like, was it from this reality or did this manifest from somewhere else and appears mm-hmm. in this form to us now as a feather or whatever? Appears through the or, veil. Right. As he said. Is this from the others? Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And I guess for me, like I... I feel like it's just kind of we've hit the tip of the iceberg and he mentioned a few uh, very interesting sounding books that I want to get my hands on and just learn some more. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And very much looking forward to his book and chatting about that too when we can get these guys back on Mm -hmm. uh, with the whole team next time, hopefully. And uh, so yeah, we really hope you guys enjoyed that and very curious to hear your thoughts, um, especially if any of you have had similar experiences. We ha- we've, we've had some people post in the forum on mm-hmm. Facebook and things like that. We're really curious if you guys have some experiences in this aspect of the paranormal world with, some, with, uh, with your home or with whatever it might be. Yeah, totally. Well, I guess on that note, are we wrapping it up? I think we're ready to wrap it up. So until <laughs> next time on Into the Portal. Your gateway to the bizarre. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.